Caleb, how about we talk about some uh, some of the top five? How about a guilty pleasure? We can uh, we can amend this in whatever way you whatever way you like. So a guilty pleasure, I would say someone you should like, but you no someone you shouldn't oh, <laughs> someone you shouldn't like, but you do. Yeah, you can tell I've never done this before. Eh? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say uh, two things: a guilty pleasure. I'll do something I like that I shouldn't. Okay. Bub- bubble gum. I, since my childhood, I love, I chew gum like nobody should chew gum. <laughs> I fiercely go through bubble gum. The sweeter, the better. A person that I like that I shouldn't like. Yeah, you know, musically, I'm thinking, or artistically in some way. Could be an author, could be a musician. I, that's a t- for me, that's a tough one because I feel like if I like them, I'm meant to like them. But I kind of, boy, that's a tough one. I want to say in the movies, I, I like, like Bill Burr, is it, the comedian? He's funny as hell, but he's also offensive in a way I don't like some. I think he's very sexist in his humor. So I, when I watch it, I feel like I shouldn't like this with my academic background <laughs> and school was very PC, but I like it. That's fair enough. Who should we be listening to and why, Caleb, then, if we, if we focus on music for this one? Who should we be listening to and why? I've always, I've always liked Billy Joel. And I know that that's kind of an easy one. I think a lot of people go a little more obscure. I like Billy Joel. I grew up on the piano, but I, I found his songs when I was very young, uh, just to be honest. I felt like he sang his experience as it was happening. And I feel like he's a kind of performer. He's a little gruff now, and he's known to be a little rude sometimes. <laughs> and I think he's earned that. Yeah. He put in his time exactly. uh, with, with, his, with his days in New York. And when I listen to his early albums like Glass Houses, which I love, there's a little song called Summer Highland Falls. And it's a beautiful little song where his piano skills are on display. And it's a nothing song. And I just think it's one of the most beautiful songs I've ever heard. And his voice is so honest in it. So I say Billy Joel. Fantastic. Good show. One of the stories I heard about Billy Joel, of which there are many, but this one in particular, I was doing some research for a, a music program I did when I was in Seoul, like on the, the radio station there. And uh, this week I thought about, okay, we'll get some Billy Joel stories on. And we played a couple of the songs. But this story was he was playing Madison Square Garden. Maybe he still is or maybe not now, but fairly recently he was playing there maybe every month for, say, a couple of weekends, a month or whatever it was, right? He had this, not a residency, but he was there regularly. But he was getting tired of seeing the same kind of soulless yuppies there, right? All of these. And and he he was saying to his people, because you get to that, level right you have people and he was saying to them he said can we not bring some of the the people from the cheap seats and put them in don't sell out all the the expensive seats leave some space here for people who are actually there to enjoy themselves and know what the songs are and just to kind of lose their mind a little bit instead of seeing these you know the the yuppies who've paid several hundred dollars for the privilege so what they would do was they would go in to this 
uh, into the theater and they would just take out random people they would say you know would you like a kind of upgrade to come down to the front or whatever and of course they would say yes and this was his way of giving something back good for him so in my I book billy joel can do no wrong isn't it i i'm not sure if it's true i think he he is the one who sold out madison square garden more times than anyone i don't know if that's true yeah there, there's some great stories when he, he did a tour i think with elton john as well it was like two pianos back to back or something then they fell out there's all this kind of drama queen stuff going on but and he's broken his hands i mean he's a pianist this is not the best thing you want to do but he was driving some super bike thing and he crashed it yeah and yeah he broke both his hands i believe and he was just let's say he's lived a life I saw a video of him at some college doing a gig and somebody in the audience, he said, it was a kid. He like shouted out something and somebody else is like, oh, let him play it. And Billy like stopped his concert. He's like, what's going on? You know what? Oh, you think you can do this? He's like, come on up. And he, you know, it's one of these typical, he called the kid on stage and the kid was fantastic. And Billy was just amazed. He let the kid play the piano and he <laughs> sang the song. Yeah, so I think he's he's quite real in this respect. Of course, he's quite surreal in the sense that I believe he was taking helicopters to Madison Square Garden. That was how he's yeah. that was his, his transport, his preferred mode of transport, you know. But yeah, the good the good old rock and roll lifestyle. Excellent choice, Caleb. Who would you like to collaborate with and why? Uh, I guess you can pick whatever medium you like. I would have I would have wished I could have worked with uh Chris Farley from Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. you know, as many of them do, overdosed and died. I, I learned this in Shakespeare. You know, I have a look and the casting people, one of the lessons I learned as an actor is know your type, you know, know what you look like. I'd walk into auditions for like Hamlet and people are just like, no, just because I'm small, never mind anything, how I look or whatever. They're like, oh, you're mall to play Hamlet. I'm like, really? I didn't know that Shakespeare <laughs> Right, you know, he's this six foot six kind of pro wrestler or whatever, you know? Yeah, I mean, I actually learned that I was better at comedy than I ever imagined. And I learned that when you do comedy, you're a lot happier as a person. So... I really would like to collaborate on projects that I can be happy and enjoy being ridiculous. <laughs> and I feel like Chris Farley is one of these guys who comes along. He might not be incredibly talented, but he is just, he was naturally funny. He was fearless in the size of his body and what he could do with it. He just tried anything. So I, I wish I could have worked with somebody like that. Yeah, good choice. He's been uh, he's been gone for some time. I don't remember yeah. his but it's uh, no, it's when you you pull a name out like this and you think, man, that's been a that's been quite some time. And he wasn't really around that long, uh, you know, in the big screen, as it were. Right? He was. Well, I mean, his the funny thing is, I when I watch movies, like when I watch his movies, I think they're terrible. But as a as a you know, there are funny moments, but I'm, I'm like, that's not funny. It's just people Stupid. trying to size and stupidity. But when he was live, like when you see other actors react to him on TV, 
you realize you can't help but get caught up in who he is. So he, he would break down other actors' kind of characters, and that means he's just, he's true. He's just so fucking funny in person. So I wish I could have experienced that. That's a good call. So here's our penultimate question then. What should go to Nori Bang song? And for those listening, Nori Bang or karaoke? It's, uh, God damn it. There's two. Um, it's Bon Jovi's Bed of Roses. Okay. And, but uh, I don't really want to lay anyone down on a bed of roses. And uh, it's, it's a figure of speech. You know? Purple Rain by Prince. Oh, man, you're going for the epic. I can knock that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do when it gets to the guitar solo bit for the last, like, two minutes of the song? Are you, are you, are you in full Prince mode by this point? I let the other people in attendance bask in the glory of what I've just sung to them. Okay. <laughs> you, they just leave the smoke behind them. Yeah. Excellent yeah, choice. Jaws open. It's quite I a long song as well, yeah. It's, yeah, it's awesome, man. <laughs> that's a classic. You, you've seen the film, right? Purple oh, Rain. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is one when you tell people, yeah, Prince made some films. Like, really? Like, go watch Purple Rain, man. It's very, uh, yeah, it's an interesting movie. But, man, he it, could play. Yeah. I had an interesting chat with someone last week. I know it was Chris, actually, Chris Stark. And he was saying... Yeah. Sometimes you're you're in awe of someone, how good they are at what they're doing. And it's a bit like the way he put it was when you watch Prince shred guitar, it makes you never want to do anything artistic ever again because you could never reach that that high. You know what? It's it's funny. I've we didn't talk about this. I've recorded a couple of albums in Korea. Uh, my piano music, my mostly ballads and pop. But when people ask me to play. They're like, oh, can you play this song? Can you just, whatever, hear sheet music. I can't do that because I was classically trained. I'm very slow at sight reading. Um, you know, it takes me like a month to learn a classical piece. So when I play my own ballads, I'm just, I know some chords. I can write some nice songs, but I can't just play along with somebody. So I feel the same way. When somebody can sit at the piano and just knock something out, I'm just, I can't do that. I'm sorry. You're, you have talent. I am just me. There we go. Last question then, Caleb. What about um, a best or favorite venue you've either played, played at or played in? I'm getting my prepositions all fucked up now. Let's start uh, again. Uh, favorite venue you've either played at or a venue that you've visited, you know, you've seen someone perform in? Favorite venue I've played at, it really was, for me, because of the experience, it was in New York when I was acting. La Mama was a pretty cool place, full of history. But the, the theater would really be with the Adobe Theater Company. I played with them, their show, uh, it was that Pirandello play where I was a plant in the audience. We were across the street. We were on Worcester Street in kind of Soho in New York, this little theater. It was very basic. It was like a black box theater, uh, high ceilings. We, we had audience all around us and the stage in the middle. And it's the same street across the street as the Worcester group where Willem Dafoe, 
and uh, Spalding Gray and Elizabeth LeCompte, all these kind of avant-garde founders cut their teeth. And I was, I just felt drenched, like I was a part of it for once in my life. Like I was a part of the theater scene in New York and acknowledged as a part of the theater scene just by being in that theater. But I've, I've been very fortunate in my life through my New York years and connections I had through my first marriage. I've met some very famous people in some amazing venues. Go on, um, name, name drop a few for us, Caleb. Go on. I met Pavarotti after the Three Tenders concert in Central Park. Um, I met him in his trailer uh, behind the stage. I happened to be with somebody from Italy. He's like, let's go meet Luciano. I'm like, what are you fucking crazy? <laughs> oh, the security guard, tell Luciano I'm here. And they're like, come right in. And there he is with a towel around his neck after he just sang his lungs out. I've met the Buena Vista Social Club when they played and filmed at Carnegie Hall. But I, you know what, I was, I did some work and then I saw a concert at the original CBGB's in New York. And I also saw the Ramones on the theater down on 14th Street when they were hit New York. And this is before I knew music and what I was doing with my life. I had a friend who would take me to these random concerts. I had no idea that I was experiencing something special. A Ramones concerts are something a bit special. I've seen the Ramones myself a couple of times. And man, they play loud and fast you get you get like 50 songs in an hour and a half you know or... i was you know at the time i think i was like 22 this was on east 15th street i forget the theater the theater name down there it's something the hall on the uh, i forget it's on the east side on 15th street and i didn't i really didn't know what i was getting into a friend took me there and i wound up in the mosh pit at the front of the stage and all I know is my friend was trying. He was a big guy, and I'm about five foot three. I'm a little guy. And he was doing his best to protect me. But I got crushed. I got out of that concert. I was black and blue, in pain, and I couldn't hear a fucking thing. It was <laughs> there you go. That's rock and roll in a nutshell, eh? Caleb, it's been an absolute pleasure. Good luck uh, to you and your wife with Nirvana. And hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Great, man. I, I wish you all the best. And, uh, you know, keep playing the music. I see that axe behind you there. <laughs> yeah, this is my... I'm a drummer by <laughs> by choice, but uh, not, not really where we are at the moment. But, yeah, I play guitar from... I'm a house guitarist, you know. Yeah, I hear you. Drummer at heart, though. Drummers never, never change, man. Yeah, get that studio, man. Play your drums. Right on. I just, I'll just convince the wife. Caleb, all the best, mate. All right, peace. Cheers.